Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian, here as always with Michaela. Michaela, how's it going? Uh, spring is in the air. Did, what, what were you doing this weekend? Oh, this weekend I was getting my garden together. Okay. Um, because the weather has finally turned. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I was watching Oscar-nominated movies. That's what I was uh, doing. Okay. Yeah. That sounds very similar to what we were doing, too. I uh, sat outside for a little bit, got some sunburn on my face, but yeah, catching up on Oscar movies otherwise. So what did you, uh, anything stick out that you watched this week or how are you coming along on that list? Yeah. So I got, I really got into the shorts, um, oh, okay. which is always kind of a tough thing to, uh, to find. Um, this year mm, sure. is really, really helpful because um, anything that's on Netflix, like you can search for Oscars and all of the Netflix stuff will show up. And that's really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And Disney has that as well. Amazon has that as well. So that's been really, really great. If anybody's looking like a quick and easy way to find some of this stuff, that's the way to do it. Right. A good tip for anyone that doesn't know, you can go, I think they have a website too, um, or an app for your phone. It's called Just Watch. And you can type in the name of whatever you're looking for. And it'll show you what streaming platforms it's on. And if it's available or available to rent. So that's a that's a good tip for people out there, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was able to see um, a couple of shorts. I saw Burrow, which is on Disney. And it's really cute. It's about six minutes long. It's mm-hmm. totally worth your time. I was able to see a love song for Latasha, which oh, okay. is yep. probably about 20 minutes. It's, it's 20 minutes or less. Um, really, uh, kind of tough subject matter. I'm not, not kind of tough, very tough subject matter. Um, yep. beautifully done. Um, very, very beautiful, um, kind of storytelling the way that they, they tell the story of Latasha and, uh, a very important part of history and something that, that, that should be watched. And then yep. I saw, if anything happens, I love you, which was just about the toughest 12 minutes I've seen in a long, long time very very tough yeah that that one is tough that one's i think both of those are on netflix if i'm not mistaken yes um and yeah so if if you watch if something happens i love you make sure you grab yourself a tissue before you before you get into it like you said it's a it's a it's a roller coaster of uh 12 minutes of emotion so yeah it's really good the the art style on it's really cool it's kind of like this uh pencil shaded cartooning it's it's really excellent really well done yeah and it's, it's amazing to me, these shorts, I mean, if, if nobody's ever really, most people don't watch the shorts. They were mm. very hard. Like I said, um, I've been watching the Oscars and following them for more than <clears throat> three quarters of my life now, but 
for a very long time, it was hard to find these um, and unless you had some sort of access to them. So a lot of people don't watch the shorts. And I really do think it's totally worth your time because in under two and a half hours, you can have five movies in, you know, in the bag. And it's amazing how um, even in the case of like Burrow, it's six minutes long and it tells a story. And sometimes mm-hmm. the stories are really funny and heartwarming. And sometimes they're really paradigm shifting um, and, you know, really, you know, thought provoking and they, they, they tell a story, but it's, um, and sometimes they rip your heart out. I mean, it's really amazing to me how you can do that um, in an animated way um, or, you know, because you have two, you have the two categories, right? You have the mm-hmm. animated short and you have the um, live action shorts. And both right. of them, I just think are, it's so cool the way that they actually portray, you know, stories and the human experience. It's pretty neat. So check yep. it out. Yeah, definitely. And I, I saw, I think uh, most of those that you just mentioned this week, we also watched, um, of the things I watched, I did pretty good this week too. I think I knocked eight uh, off my list. So I'm down to 32 left to watch, but uh, probably the highlight of what, we watched in addition to those couple of shorts you mentioned, we watched the white tiger, which is on Netflix, which is nominated, I think for best adapted screenplay. Um, so that one's, that one's really good. If you have Netflix, I'd recommend checking that one out. It was really good. So nice. But, but now I'm you know, crushing through those uh, Oscar picks, but now I think I'm ready for a drink and to maybe pull off a con. What do you think? <laughs> well, there's only one way to do that, really. A bottle of yep. Pims is the best way to get a con started because it's from England. That's right. It absolutely it is. And if we're going to start this con with a bottle of Pims, we should probably make a Pims cup. That is the best way uh, to use a Pims. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Why don't we uh, take a quick break and then we'll be right back to talk about this week's cocktail. This week's cocktail is the Pims cup. Pims number one is super old like like 1823 old and it was invented mm. by James Pym. Yeah, James so, Pym, that sounds quite English, doesn't it? James it, Pym. It is quite English and that's exactly where it comes from. So uh, Mr. Pym had an oyster bar in uh, central London and he had it, he had it at his bar, this little, uh, little concoction that, you know, that he'd sell glasses of and it was uh, just called, you know, a Pym's cup. And what it was is it was gin and some fruit juice and different like herbs and uh, spices and, uh, you know, all sorts of things in there. But but yeah, so this was you would go in and you would order a Pim's cup and that's what you got. And this was the first of his recipes. So so that's where the number one comes from. Now, they did over the years several different versions. So like with a scotch whiskey and a rye whiskey and a brandy version of it. And they kind of came in and out of fashion. But the number one was always kind of the the most popular one. And that's the one that is still around today. So that's the only one they make. They did start making uh, in the last couple of years, a winter Pims, which sounds really interesting. Um, I would be definitely down to try that, but I've, I've not ever seen it at the store. So I don't know uh, what the availability is like for that, but yeah, uh, that's, that's something I think we're going to have to keep an eye out for because absolutely because Pims number one, was excellent. So it winter was pims, excellent. Yeah, that sounds that sounds wintry excellent. Yeah, right? shout out to my English brethren. Uh, if y'all can find uh, any the winter pims, uh, keep it for me. I'm coming. Yeah. someday. Yeah, let <laughs> yeah let us know. We'll 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 get it somehow. Uh, but yeah, so so all of these different uh, variations of the pims. But yeah, number one is the the tried and true one, and the most synonymous cocktail of pims is the pims cup. 
the Pimm's Cup. It's the official drink of Wimbledon. It's basically the official drink of England Summers, which is what your husband uh, told us when we were mixing ours up, right? That's right. That's right. In fact, it was summer uh, in 2010 when I had my very first Pimm's Cup. Uh, at a hotel. It was a, at, at a kind of a gala. And I remember oh, okay. walking in and having them basically hand me a giant cup with, I thought it was fruit cocktail, but it was a Pimm's right. cup and it was delicious then. And I had no idea how to make it. So I was really excited to revisit it uh, for the podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So it's super simple to make. So you're just going to need two ounces of the uh, Pimm's number one, and then a half an ounce of lemon juice. And then you can top it with uh, kind of whatever you want to really. So we use ginger ale, but you could also use like sparkling lemonade. Um, you could use like lemon lime soda, like a seven up or Sprite, uh, you know, kind of anything you want. And then where the Pimm's cup turns fun is that you can basically put anything you want into it. Right. So you said it, it looks basically like a fruit cocktail and that's pretty much exactly what it is. So when we made ours, we garnished it with some mint, some strawberry and some cucumber, uh, but you'll see, People do like lemon wheels and lime wheels and wedges and orange slices and uh, basically any kind of, you know, like fruit garnish you want to put on this thing. So, yeah, you just go in your cupboard and find whatever fresh fruit uh, or, or even veg, you know. Put a pickle in there. I don't know, Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's very much reminds me of like a of a cold vert, like a cold, um, refreshing version of a bloody mary where it's really more about the garnish right that that sets it off um i have uh since um we revisited this i've had a few and i love to Mm -hmm. put berries in it um if you're worried about sugar um i guess you i don't know how sugary pims actually is but you can get like diet seven up or diet sprite and that that is actually really lovely i had that um and it was very light and refreshing as well Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you could, it's definitely something you could make if you're doing like summer get togethers, uh, which we actually might get to do at some point this summer. Uh, You can make up like a big batch of these, right? Just, you know, with the PIMS and top it off with a couple of bottles of, you know, some sparkling lemonade or ginger ale or, you know, your Sprite or whatever, and uh, just set out a bunch of different garnishes and let everyone sort of uh, jazz up their own. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the PIMS cup. It's like I said, super simple to make, super summery, uh, really refreshing and fun. Uh, do you have any final thoughts about the Pims Cup? Are you are you ready now that the weather's nicer to just sit outside and and get into some more Pims? Yeah, I really think um, this has become this is going to be my summer 2021 drink. I think I'm just going to dig in and yeah, going to have a cupboard full of fun uh, fruit uh, from a fruit cocktail that I can just kind of put in at a moment's notice because it doesn't take long to, to make um, right. at all. I mean, it's, you know, it's really just two ingredients and then you, or three ingredients and then you put the, put the stuff in it. So yeah, it's going to be my summer drink. I, I found it really delicious. Everybody should try it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let us know if you've had a PIMS cup or if you're looking forward to trying one. And now that we have ours made, why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about this week's film, American Hustle. Spoiler warning for American Hustle. If you've not yet seen American Hustle, stop, go hustle yourself up a Pimm's Cup, watch American Hustle, and then we can come back and chat about it. Yeah, absolutely. So American Hustle came out in December 2013. It was directed by David O. Russell, 
and it stars Christian Bale, Amy Adams, Bradley Cooper, and Jennifer Lawrence. And uh, David O. Russell has kind of a track record here. He uh, apparently has a style he likes to stick with. He did uh, Joy and he did Silver Linings Playbook, I believe. With, oh, yeah. Uh, with uh, both Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Silver Linings Playbook with Bradley Cooper. so uh, And Jennifer yeah. Lawrence. Yep, Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. And, you know, so kind of, you know, going back to the well uh, with these uh, same actors. So definitely, you know, gets a lot of good performance out of them. Uh, so kind of going in through this award season, American Hustle won the Golden Globe for the Best Picture in the Musical and Comedy category. And it was nominated for 10 Academy Awards. But do you know how many of the 10 that it won, Michaela? How many? It won zero. It went over 10 at the Oscars. Yeah, so it was yeah. it was nominated for Best Picture. I think all four of the the main characters, I think, were all nominated for individual uh, awards. Uh, I think Hair and Makeup was one screenplay. Uh, but yeah, it went over over 10 on the Academy uh, Awards that year. So... Uh, kind of a kind of a shocker. We have one that uh, movie a film that's nominated for ten Academy Awards this year too. So we'll see if that if that curse if is, same thing is broken. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I will say when I watched the Oscars in 2013, um, the American Hustle had a big piece of my heart. I was really uh, hoping that it was going to take it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so much about the film, and we're going to dig into it. That is just cinematic gold. But it is interesting um, that David O. Russell, you know, kind of reuses a lot of the actors. Um, I, I think it's very true that, you know, people, if they work well together and they and they trust uh, the method mm-hmm. of acting, um, they can get, you know, they can kind of do a repeat of that. I definitely think, well, as we'll talk about, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, you know, they have really good chemistry um, with each other, they have good chemistry with their, you know, counterparts. There's a lot of back and forth, and, and so it, I, I was sad that it did not win any of the Oscars. But you know, that's mm-hmm. the thing about the difference, I guess, between the Golden Globes is that they're kind of it's just kind of a different feel. So, yeah, for sure. Well, why don't we uh, get into this movie? So for the second week in a row, we're going to get a, a vintage Columbia Pictures logo. So this film set in the uh, late 70s you're going to get kind of that 70s vibe right off the bat with the with the old school columbia logo and then you get the uh, kind of splashed across the screen it says some of this actually happened and is april 28th 1978 in the plaza hotel in new york so american hustle is a very loose retelling of an fbi sting operation in the late 70s and 80s uh, which was referred to as the ab scam sting which basically was they're setting up these politicians so uh, this film is kind of a loose portrayal of those events uh, but the, the film starts off with a bang you just see uh, this gentleman you know he's, he's probably not looking not looking his best he's not been getting his uh, getting his exercise in um, but you'll see him he's kind of buttoning up this shirt and then uh, he's starting to get the uh, his toupee put on uh getting it glued down uh which is quite the process it is quite the process i can't believe i think the opening of this film is absolutely amazing this this Mm. part because it is christian bale and he looks like he literally has this weird comb over thing going right where and if anybody doesn't really understand what that is i mean you could look at a former president maybe but it's that you're bald you're balding on the top of your head and you Mm -hmm. have you know a side of your hair you have let grow out to a 
very, very long uh, length. And so right. you can literally comb it over the side and it looks like you just have hair there. And mm -hmm. But his is still really does not do enough so he like has to put this weird like black cotton crap <laughs> like underneath yeah. it and glue it on yeah. and then he combs over the hair and then he glues that on to the to the to the to his skin and to that cotton stuff so that it looks it doesn't look super thin and gross and he still doesn't look amazing um yeah. by any stretch i mean this is the guy who played batman for those of you who don't know who christian bale is he um really he i don't know he must have put on like 40 50 pounds for this film because he's bloated he's got this kind of beer belly and he's mm -hmm. like you know not shaved like his, he's he's got a lot of hair and it's not attractive um yeah. he's like looking at him as he's putting this putting this on and i my heart went out to anybody in the 70s who really did that yeah it was definitely quite the ordeal but but he, he gets it put on he's he's looking you know pretty good and he's walking out of this very fancy looking hotel room kind of down down the hall he pokes his head into i don't know sort of this little I don't know, it's kind of like a janitor's closet or something, but you see a couple of federal agents in there with some reel-to-reel -reel tape players going on. He doesn't say anything to him. He just kind of looks in there at him and he makes his way over to kind of more of this ballroom type er area. And that's when uh, Bradley Cooper and Amy Adams come in to the room and they're having sort of a little standoff and they kind of exchange some things back and forth. You don't really understand what's going on or who these people are at this point. Uh, but Bradley Cooper's character says something interesting. He says, I never laid a hand on her. Is that what this is about? And that's just kind of where they leave it. You don't really understand what he's talking about uh, or what he means in this time, right? But uh, so Christian Bale's character, uh, whose name is Irving, is like, you know, we don't have time for this right now. Let's go and do this thing. So you see the three of them kind of walking down the hall, carrying this briefcase, uh, full of cash, and they're going in to a meeting with the mayor of the Atlantic City, uh, New Jersey. Right, played by Jeremy Renner. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're sitting there having this conversation, and um, Bradley Cooper's character kind of makes it a point to slide the briefcase over. Yeah, he kind of nudges it towards him with his foot, right. uh, which... At, because he wants him to take the briefcase, right? That's what the whole thing is about. They yes. want the, the mayor to take this this bribe that's in this briefcase, basically. Uh, but he, he sort of tips his hand there, right? The mayor sees him kind of shoving it towards him and thinks to himself, something's up with that. And he's going to kind of hightail it out of there. Right. You know, which which is going to, you know, rub Irving the wrong way and say, what, you know, what'd you do that for? You know, we had it under control. Why are you shoving the briefcase? You know, right. Like, call, call an attention to it. And Bradley Cooper's character um, starts yelling back at him and says, Irving, you got to go get him back. You got to go get him back. That's your job. I, you know, I own you. You got to go get him back. And so Irving kind of shrugs his shoulders and he's just, you know, uh, he's like, what, what the hell is going on? So he, you see him walk out the door to try and follow um, this mayor, Jeremy Renner's character. And mm -hmm. uh, again, it's, it's happening really fast. You don't really know exactly what's going on. You, you know, you're, you're, there's a sting happening and you know that Christian Bale is there. They're trying, they're trying to make this happen. And Bradley Cooper has just really screwed it up. And, but Irving, Christian Bale seems to really know how to work this. And they're asking him to kind of save this messed up sting operation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so he leaves on his way down to catch the mayor. And that's kind of when the film does like this hard stop. Basically, and then Irving, 
uh, is going to kind of catch you up to speed. So uh, you go back to the beginning of, you know, when he was a little kid saying that his dad owned a glass business. So that was kind of always in his future, but he didn't want to do that. So he ended up becoming a con artist. And then he, you know, bought into these laundromats and started running like a fake art gallery, uh, you know, with some knockoff paintings and stuff. And he ends up at this pool party in Long Island. And that's where he meets Amy Adams character. Uh, they meet at this pool party. Irving's there. You know, he still looks like Irving, but you know, he's being pretty cool. They start talking about jazz and they kind of step out to the side of the party and put on the record. They're just sitting there. Right. Uh, listening to the jazz. So. Yeah, she's got this really interesting looking um, Duke Ellington uh, bracelet and he notices it and they really connect over the the Duke Ellington album um, where they played Jeep's Blues and they he says, hey, do you, you want to go listen to this record, you know, right now? And she's like, sure. And it's a really cool voiceover. Um, mm-hmm. I think all couples should really kind of do this, <laughs> to be honest, where you talk about the time you met the person um, that you fell in love with and you each have your own version of the events because his version is she looks amazing and he, you know, he loves the way she's talking. She loves, he loves the way that she thinks about music. She's so smart. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's like, you know, he wasn't in great shape and he had this comb over that was quite elaborate. Yeah. This is probably my favorite part of the the film, right? So it's in this flashback and it just kind of seamlessly goes from Irving's flashback into uh, Amy Adams characters flashback who we learn her name is Sydney. Um, and yeah, right. so he's talking, he's talking about meeting her at this party and how great she is. And then just kind of seamlessly, yeah, it goes into her talking about that. He wasn't, you know, in that good of a shape. He had a terrible comb over, but, but he was confident and, you know, seemed very sure just, of himself. Yeah. And he just seemed to understand her. And it talks a little bit about, she talks about herself where she was, she had been a stripper. Mm-hmm. She had gotten a job at the Cosmo, um, sorry, at Cosmopolitan Magazine. She was really yep. good looking and she was a go-getter. She would, she was quick, a quick study. You know, she was hungry. She wanted to go out there and make, make the world, you know, different. She wants, you know, you could tell she was like, I'm going to figure out and I'm going to survive. And they're right. both talking about how they're survivors. Like he had to survive. And so that's how he became a con artist. She had to survive. Um, and so he shows a little bit of himself to her. There's this really great mm-hmm. scene. He takes her to one of his dry cleaners. He lets her try on all these clothes. And that's, yep. and you know, he says something really beautiful, which, you know, when you find someone and it feels like you both have this secret and the secret is that you both just really like each other and you both right. just don't want to be anywhere else. It's, it's really intoxicating this, this opening kind of sequence of how they fall in love, which is amazing yeah. because again, he's not, he does not look great. Christian Bale does not normally look like this guy, right? <laughs> Right. And, yeah. And she's still gorgeous. Amy Adams is gorgeous in this film, right? She's the perfect, she's got the perfect 70s like shape, mm-hmm. right? She's thin. Yep. She's got like the side boobs amazing. Like she looks fantastic. And so they have this, you know, kind of affair. Um, he brings her back to his place where he sells art. And he mm-hmm. lets her in on the secret that he is a con artist. Yeah, he tells her that uh, basically his job, she knows that that the laundromat and you know this art dealership is not really a, a 
front like they're legitimate but she knows that that's not really his whole gig so he kind of comes clean with her he's he says what i what i really do is i help get loans for guys that can't get loans and he basically says instead of i do that how about we do that and you know she gets she you know appears to get upset and she storms out and yeah. he's like, well, well, I blew that, Irving. That was stupid. Why'd you, t- why'd you tell her that? Everything yeah, was she's going. She's so smart. I love Every- it, too, because as she's leaving, he's like, oh, God, it was great getting to know you. Take care. Like, he just knows he blew it. Oh, yeah, so he, funny. yeah, she storms out. He's, he's not happy about it, but she doesn't stay going long because she comes back in. Um, and she's talking in a British accent, and she introduces herself as uh, Lady Edith Greensley, who is not who mm. she is. Right. But they end up, but they end up going into this uh, con artist uh, business together, basically, right? And they set up sort of this fake company, which they call London Associates, right? Because she's uh, latest e- Lady Edith Greensley now. So, and you get kind of this montage of them, you know, doing business and running cons on people, you know, giving out, you know, bad faith loans and right. all sorts of things. You get this kind of neat montage, and the montage ends with Irving going home to his wife and his son. Right, right. Yeah, they they have this really uh, very nice night uh, in a hotel and um, they sleep together and it looks like it's really hot. Um, It looks really pretty good. Um, And then he gets in his car and he drives across the bridge and he he goes to his his home in Long Island. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, the voiceover happens. So it's uh, Sydney's character. And she's like, you know, he he has a son that he adopted with his, you know, he he it was his wife's son and he adopted him and he really loves his child and mm-hmm. his wife's a little nuts. It's an unfortunate situation. Like she doesn't think that he's a, he's a piece of crap for, for cheating on his wife at all. Like she's just, she's like, this is, yeah. this is not where he wants to be. It's a tough, this is really tough, but this is kind of what it is. It's kind of setting up too. Right. So Sydney has basically said kind of in this opening montage that, you know, she moved here and she took those jobs and she's, she's just looking to get ahead. Right. She's, she's out for herself, whatever it takes to get ahead. And I think she thinks that Irving is probably the way to do that. So she doesn't really care that he's married. Right. She, she, she knows that her, her path uh, ahead is with Irving. So, right. And, um, but we get to meet Irving's family. He walks in, he sees his, um, his son and uh, there's an interesting dialogue there because he's like, what's going on? And he says, well, dad, you know, there's a lamp that holds the sun in it. <laughs> and he's like, what? And she's yeah. like, well, I was making, uh, mommy had her special drink and the sun blew up in the lamp. And, um, and he's like, what, what are you talking about? And then you see Rosalind, who's his wife. And like, it's, it's Jennifer Lawrence's character. And she's got these really blistering burns on half of her face mm-hmm. and and she's got this amazing long island accent where she's like i'm not look it's fine it's fine i put out the fire it's fine i don't understand why we have to talk about it i mean this is and it's not my fault and he's like why would you get drunk with our son in the room and but like what are you doing and they yeah. have this big um argument and it's yeah, they have kind of this arg- argument, right? And it ends up with with Rosalind saying, "We're not going to get divorced." So you know, so just get that out of your system. We're not doing that. So uh, that's off the table, not happening. You know, we fight, we make up. That's what we do. 
She's not bothered by the fact that this is completely toxic and not good for themselves or their child. And he's trying to talk some sense into her. He's like, you know, this isn't good. I mean, you got to go out. You got to find someone else. And she's like, we're in love, Irving. Mm -hmm. We're in love. And anytime he really starts to talk about how this isn't what he wants. And he's like, yeah, I was in love, but this isn't right. And she's like, you know, Irving, I could take your son from you. And I'm not saying that I would, but I could, which is horrible right so she totally knows that she's using the fact that he is in love and wants to provide for um his son as way to keep him from leaving her and Mm -hmm. then you know she takes off the i don't know the muumuu that she's got on and she's got on like this white kind of bodysuit and just kind of gets on the bed and is like what are you gonna do you're totally just gonna come over here and yeah poor irving i mean (laughs) You, you, you do feel, I don't know how, I, I don't know. He really struggles because he doesn't, he, you can tell he really wants to be with Sydney, but he just, he just can't yeah. bring himself to not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you definitely get, you, you get the impression that that situation is pretty toxic and Irving probably wants a way out, but, but Rosalind's not about to let him have it. So, right. uh, so we've met her now. So we're going to go back. We're back at London Associates. So we've got Sydney and we've got Irving there and they're about ready to uh, give out another loan. And there's a, there's a gentleman in his office and it's Bradley Cooper's character uh, who we're finding out is named Richie and he's trying to give him a check. And Irving is sort of being a little standoffish about taking it. Uh, But finally uh, Sydney takes the check from it. And about that time, the feds bust in. We learn that Richie is an FBI agent and they're setting up a, a sting operation to basically bust, you know, Irving and Sydney, this London associates. They know it's a front for this thing. So they're there. And Richie tells Irving, he says, now I, you knew that I, I was bad news and that's why you didn't take the check from me and you let her take it. Right. Right. And it's unfortunate because you can see that Irving is genuinely concerned about Edith slash Sydney, right? Because she's, mm-hmm. she's going by Edith at this point and, um, and they take Edith away. And um, I don't know if this was like before Miranda. I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm not a historian. So somebody I'm sure will let us know if I'm wrong, but they put her in a cell and they leave her there for three days. And yep. she's in like night, a nice dress. They, this room looks um, not great. It doesn't have a bed. It doesn't have a chair. There, it doesn't look, there's no water. Um, there's no toilet. And she's there for three days. And so then he comes in, Richie comes in and says, you know, Hey, I'm sorry. I thought they put a bed in here and was totally like good cop, bad cop with her right. and said, you know, I, I can see this. Irving is totally using you. You should, you know, you should work with me on this. You really should turn, turn him in. And mm-hmm. she won't say anything. She doesn't say anything. Um, yep. It's a it's a beautiful scene in that it's really well it's well directed. She's shaking. He hands her a cup of tea, and like the way she's holding the tea, still trying mm-hmm. to like act like Lady Edith Queensley, but is terrified and probably right. like starving and you know very dehydrated. She's shaking. It's really a great it's a great scene but it's 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 kind of tough to watch so yeah um, so she so she's not going to roll over on irving so so richie ends up bringing irving in and is like you know i uh, like i just mentioned you know i 
I know you didn't take the check. You let her take it. You're kind of setting her up. But I think we can get you out of this if you two agree to help us do uh, make these four busts. You know, run these cons with us. Uh, you know, we'll let you go. Kind of a get out of jail free type of a situation. So Irving agrees to do it. Now uh, Sydney says that that doesn't sound like a good idea. Sounds like a bad idea. What we should do is we should just run and you know. <laughs> yeah play it play it cool get out of town um you know not not make this deal with richie but irving says no we can we can do this and then we'll be we'll be out of this we'll be you know scot-free and then we can start our life together so yeah but then he won't right so that that becomes this what was kind of this fun like we're we're building this con together Mm -hmm. and we're doing these these cons now she's very serious you know, Sydney's like, we should leave. Let's take your son and let's go. And, and Irving won't do it. He won't do it. And she, you can see that she is now very brokenhearted and she starts to really believe that everything Richie has told her, which is this guy's bullshit. He's just using you. This wasn't real. And, you know, they've been together for a while pulling this, pulling these cons. And so she is really sad. Um, But then she, she kind of bucks up and I love this scene where she's looking at him and she says you know i am going to figure this out for myself so i'm gonna get close to richie i'm gonna make him think that i like him and then she kind of looks at him and she's you know her eyes well up she's it's amazing this scene because she's then she's like well Mm -hmm. maybe i really do like him maybe i can use him to get out of this and we're gonna you know you you figure out the cons that need to happen i am just gonna see for myself and yeah you know we're done yeah she's sort of hedging her bets right she's she's gonna let you know irving take care of the con she's gonna she's going to uh cozy up to richie and she's gonna see which side comes out on top i think probably so right and so their first idea, they go to this really cool museum in New York. Richie is there. And, you know, Richie and Irving, they, they don't get along at all, right? Richie mm-hmm. just says the wrong thing all the time. He, you right. know, you'll see his character is really an interesting character because he I, just. I think what really rubs Irving the wrong way is that Richie has no idea what he's doing about these cons and Irving got busted by him. And I think it really agitates him. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, no, nah, totally. I mean, and, and so Edith is like, you know, trying to butter herself up to Richie. And so anytime that Irving says something snippy, she's like, he's running the show now. So why don't we just listen to him? Mm -hmm. You know, and um, it creates this really weird triangle of toxicity and passive aggression, passive aggression that is just um, funny to watch. Um, So they're in this museum and, you know, they're, they're kind of laying out the plan for how they're going to do this con, right? So uh, they have the mayor from, uh, I, th- I think, Camden, New Jersey, where Atlantic City yep. is. Um, he had just They just passed legislature to get gambling legalized there, and he knew that he was going to start cutting all these deals with all these politicians and mob bosses to get these hotels and casinos built. And, you know, Richie thinks that there's a lot of bad business going on here, so he thinks that there's some busts to be made. So... Uh, they're kind of setting up the plan for how they're going to do this. So uh, Irving's has kind of a contact who, by the name of Al, and he's playing a, a chic character from the Middle East, although he's actually from the Bronx. Uh, but but the play is to kind of introduce Al, you know, Al the chic to 
to the mayor, get him to cozy up and to sort of, you know, take this bribe from him. That's kind of, that's kind of the plan at least. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, this is where we meet Carmine Polito, right? Because Carmine Polito is played by Jeremy Renner and mm-hmm. he is, like you said, the mayor of Camden. He, um, what you find out and they do kind of a biopic on him. He's married. He's been married to the same person for a very, very long time. He really loves his wife. Um, mm-hmm. He has like five or six kids. He's adopted one kid. Apparently the neighborhood in which he grew up is very low socioeconomic as well as right. very diverse racially. He really wants um, Atlantic City to come back alive and he wants to do it for the right reasons. He genuinely wants to, you know, put money in these people's pockets and get them all jobs. And he's not like a normal politician. And you you see that pretty early on. On a side note, Jeremy Renner, who is playing Mayor Carmine Polito, has the most amazing hair. Is it, I mean, it is amazing right it's, like the, it's so good when, when you first when you first see him kind of in in these scenes they do it's almost like a like a shadow image of him and you just see his hair and if you've watched the sopranos and you know like uh Polly walnuts like his hair right. like it like it looks like a like an elongated triangle like on top of his head it's amazing so. yeah it is amazing um again hair and makeup it was awesome uh yep. and this this whole movie is just an homage to all things hair um because it's it's a great um, so they they arrange for um, this idea that this sheik is going to have a couple of million in the bank, and you know Carmine Polito needs to is probably going to check and see you know does he actually have this money, um, right. so that we can get it and so that we can pay off all these folks. And so what Richie's character is trying to do is go to his boss and say, hey, I need two million dollars from the FBI, and I right. need you to put it in some fake account at Chase Manhattan Bank. I need you to, you know, we need to get this hot- this suite at this hotel. We need to set this, set up a meeting. And his mm-hmm. boss is like, no, dude, I, I don't think this is a good idea. Like, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not seeing that you're playing this the right way. You're, you're, you're just kind of throwing shit in the air and seeing what sticks. I don't know about this, but you know, Edith, Edith, um, she's not going to let this thing stop. Right. Because she Mm -hmm. really wants to get out of this mess because she's the only one really who's in, who's in big trouble. Right. She's the only one who got arrested. And so she finds the wire transfer lady and Mm -hmm. I can't remember her name. Yeah, so she she's a she's a con artist, right? I th- and I think the like the office manager at this wire place. I think I think her name is Karen, maybe or something like that. Um, that's that's not really that important, but she's going to pull a con on her, basically, right? She's going into full on Lady Edith mode. And she brings her a bottle of Pims. Oh, this is from London, and you know, kind of sweet talks her way into you know making this good faith deposit into this account for us. It's only going right. to be there for a couple of days. You can have the money back. It's not a big deal. We're just doing it because we're we're kind of jammed up. We're trying to do this thing. Right, right. And he has Richie go in and meet her, learn all about her cats, because she's got a lot of cats, and Mm -hmm. pretends to really care about her. And so she does it. And so when, you know, they bring it up to Irving, he's like, this is, this is not, this is not going to work. I don't like this at all. And Edith is like, well, I already did it. Like, it's done. We have the $2 million. We just need to, we just need to, and we've booked the hotel. Like, we've got it. So you, yeah. we just need to make it happen. Yeah, the the ball's already rolling. So serving's agitated, but you know this this plan is in motion. You get some more insight, right? You see Edith slash Sydney, you know, really really cozying up even more to Richie 
uh, spending a lot more time, uh, a lot more flirtatious uh, with him and things. So she's, like you said, she's, she's covering all bets for sure. Yeah. So, um, but at this point now, the, the play is in motion and we're back at the hotel. So we've caught back up. So all of, all of this part has been to basically catch you up to where we were at the beginning of the film. Right. So they're at the hotel and then you'll see uh, the mayor leaving the hotel and you'll see Irving running down onto the street after him. So it's kind of a, immediately after that opening scene. Right. And Irving, if this was amazing to watch because again, Irving's a con artist and he's just like, I'm sorry that that prick offended you, you know, I'm, and he's right. like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just leave me alone. And yep. Irving's like, look, you know, it, it, this guy is a jerk. I, I don't like working with him. I have to work with him because of the chic, but you know that he will never graduate from the school that we, that we, he couldn't even get into the school that we graduated from. And right. you see that Carmen Polito kind of looks over and says, well, where are you from? And he says, oh, I'm, I'm from the Bronx. And he says, well, yeah, there's this really great clam place. And they kind of bond over this restaurant. Right. Yeah. They're both, you know, they're both from the same town. So they kind of have something in common. And Irving's like, you know, we're not trying to trying to pull one over on you. You know, you can you can talk to me. You can trust me. We're from from the same neighborhood. We can we can get this done. You know, don't worry about that. I'll handle them. You just talk to me and we'll get this get this taken care of. So the mayor's kind of taken by Irving, right? He says, yep. yeah, that, sound, that sounds good. As long as I can work with you, we'll do this. Why don't you and your wife come out to dinner with us tonight with, you know, the mayor and his wife? Mm-hmm. And Irving says, yeah, that, that sounds great. We'll do that. So uh, you get a really, really great scene then. So, so Irving's going out to dinner with his, uh, his wife, Rosalind. Yep. And then so you'll see Edith, Sydney, calling up uh, Bradley Cooper's character, Richie, and they're having this conversation on the phone. They're trying to figure out what, what they want to do tonight. Do they want to go out? They could go out dancing or go out on the town, but it's, but it's really neat scene because uh, Edith slash Sydney has these big curlers in her hair, right? She's getting ready to go out and she calls and Bradley Cooper's character, uh, Richie has his and some uh, little uh, tight curlers too. Yeah. He's got his little like corkscrew looking curls. I mean, they're like pin curls and they're you know, I had them in the eighties. They were, they were not attractive then. They're, they're better. <laughs> they're more attractive on, on Bradley Cooper's character, but helps that he's, he's a man, I guess. Um, but he is in an apartment and you learn more about Richie's life. Right. And mm-hmm. he is a white, he is a, he doesn't have a wife. He has a mom who is constantly praying um, that his, her son can hurry up and marry his fiance so that the Pope could have more followers. They have this argument about mm-hmm. a fish tank. Um, he's living with yeah. his mom and his fiance is over uh, having dinner when Edith calls. And so he, you know, kind of takes the phone. And again, this is 1978. There's no cell phones that everything has wires. And so he kind of takes the phone and takes it around to the other side of the kitchen and tries to have a private right. conversation. And Edith catches on that. He's got a fiance and he's like, oh, I don't have a fiance. I don't know. I don't know. And she's like, well, you know, um, you know, Irving's out with his wife and he's like, oh yeah, you can't, you probably don't feel so great about that. Yeah. You want to go out? You want to hang out? And so they end up meeting up. And at first mm-hmm. Edith, Edith teases him about having a fiance and, you know, he really doesn't appreciate it. He's like, that's, you know, he doesn't really know what to say. And then Edith apologizes right. and uh, is like, you know, we, we don't have to go dancing. We can go to a coffee shop. And then Richie's like, no, 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 we, I need to go dancing. And then mm. I love it because 
Amy Adams, again, so, so good looking in this film. She's perfect. And she's like, okay, baby, let's go dancing in her little accent. And so they do, they like hit the, hit this disco and they're like dancing all over the place Mm -hmm. and um, great, great soundtrack. And they end up going into this really crappy bathroom. Right. Yeah. They, they kind of stumble their way in there. Um, for reasons that a couple might go to a bathroom uh, you could use your imagination for that but but so basically Richie is he's down for that that's what he's there for but but you know Edith has a plan she she knows that that's what he wants and she knows she can hold it over him so uh, so she kind of puts the brakes on it and says we can do it once this is done yeah. So once 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 all of this is done, I'm free and clear. Then you and I can can actually you know get together. So. Yeah, she's like, look, you know, no more fake stuff. Like let's let's wait until it's real love. Like let's wait. And he's like totally into it. He's like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And so she gives mm-hmm. him a really hot kiss, and then she shoves him out of the bathroom. And you do wonder, you know, if it is like you said, Brian, if it's just she doesn't want to um, and she wants to hold it over him and keep him close. Or if she really thinks that, hey, this could be real. And so I'm going to wait until it is real. Um, Seeing it for the second or third time, I kind of felt differently about it than the first time I saw it. But um, either way, it's interesting. Apparently, you could just force your way into the bathroom in the 70s and people just let you do. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because there there was a line of about 100 uh, ladies 100 women who were all but... trying to pee getting into that bathroom so but yeah but while while they're out dancing having a good time you know irving and his wife rosalind they're at dinner with the mayor and the mayor's wife uh, they're having a good time but uh you're getting a little bit of a glimpse at rosalind she's sort of a loose cannon uh irving definitely can't sort of control her he doesn't know what she's gonna what she's gonna say or who she's gonna say it to uh, she's definitely a fun time and you know the mayor and his wife you know, really enjoy having her around, but she's sort of a liability to Irving, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's this neat scene. I mean, the women are sitting next to each other and the men are sitting next to each other and they're kind of bonding the two wives. And, um, you know, you can see that Rosalind's all dressed up and she looks great. And she's like, oh, I love this nail varnish. I got it from Sweden. And Mm -hmm. the wife is like, oh, and she says, I'm going to run out of it. She's oh, I can probably find it. And they talk about this nail varnish and she says, you know, I love the way it smells because it's like really perfumey, but there's something kind of, kind of rotten in it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's this scene where she, she kind of hands her hand over to uh, Carmine Polito and he's like, yeah, it smells, smells kind of like perfume. And she's like perfume and garbage. Yes. It's the perfect match. And then Irving smells it. And he's like, yeah, man, I just can't get enough of it. And she's like, oh yeah, he always comes back for it. And it's, it's interesting because he, you you think he really at the time is like yeah i i really can't get enough of this woman and then right. the next like literally two seconds later she's on the floor because she's laughed so hard and she's been drinking yep. and so they're like no no it's bedtime it's time to take you home get you a cab and um but carmine and irving aren't done so they want to continue to to talk business right yeah they they stay out you know keep talking um until eventually it's you know, time to have breakfast. You get kind of a cool shot of the like breakfast going down onto this uh, big skillet at this diner, right? With the bacon and eggs and, you know, pancakes, all the, all the, uh, all the good stuff, but they're having uh, breakfast and Carmi Plito is saying, 
you know, I, I really want to have a chat with this sheet guy. I want to take him back to our neighborhood, you know, just kind of show him around and show him where all, all this stuff's going to be. And I think really at this point is where Irving starts to figure out that Carmine's not really doing this because he's trying to grift a bunch of money from people. Right. He's doing it because he really wants to help the people that he's from. So, so Irving's starting to have kind of this little bit of a turn where he's like, um, we're setting this guy up and he's not even doing anything bad or he's not trying to do anything bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, for him, it's kind of a means to an end. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's illegal to bribe folks, but at the same time, like they really want to get these, these things in place so that the city can mm-hmm. grow. And, you know, it's at a very interesting political time in the United States uh, in the late seventies as well. So there's a couple mm-hmm. of mentions about that, but, um, but there's a whole lot of reasons why you feel, you know, you feel genuinely bad for, uh, Carmen Polito because you know Irving is like I got to take this guy down because we got to get we got to get out of it but he starts to feel bad about it and um, yeah. at the very end of their night their very very long evening um, you know Carmine gives Irving a microwave yeah and in 19 I didn't look it up but in 1978 a microwave had to have been like a thousand dollars probably yes. yes so 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 yeah so he, get, he gives them this microwave and Yep. Irving doesn't want to take it, right? Because Irving, it's like, ah, uh, you know, he's yeah. being nice to me. He's giving me, giving me a gift because I'm helping him out, and I'm not really helping him out. So right. he feels, he feels bad. But you know, Carmine insists that he takes it. Um, you get a, you get a funny scene uh, with it after the fact where he goes home and he's showing it to Ros- <laughs> Rosalind had used it for the day, and she keeps uh, calling it a. What does she science call it? oven? The yeah, science keeps, oven keeps calling it a science oven, and of course, she caught it on fire. And well, yeah, he did tell her he specifically told her. And newsflash, everyone if you have a microwave, don't put aluminum foil in it, don't put any metal mm-hmm. in it. Okay, yep. you can you can google how it works, okay, but no metal, no metal, metal is bad. So she's like, yep. I can, I'll do what I want, I'm gonna put it in the science oven, it's fine, and then of course it explodes her poor son comes in and she's and he's like where's the fire extinguishers and she's like that one's empty go get a different one and so yeah it's just another round of you know yeah elect electric appliances and rosalind do not mix at all at all but of course it's not her fault it's it's you know it's the fact that you know it's not safe it it couldn't possibly be safe it takes all of the nutrition out of the food anyway it's empty like all of Irving's deals empty 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 like she just will not accept responsibility for her part in anything anything mm-hmm. yep but that scene's pretty good so got to keep the the play moving right so Richie's says okay so we're gonna meet with the with the chic so he goes into his boss and says all right you didn't give me two million dollars but can I have a jet <laughs> they, right. they need- they need, they need for, you know, Carmine Polito to see the Sheik getting off of a jet so he knows that he's legit. And of so, course, and isn't that Louis? Um, yeah, it's um, Louis C.K. Is, plays his boss, and he does, a, he does a really good job. He does, he does, because he's pretty funny. And, you know, this whole time, he's like, you're, you're kind of the male version of Rosalind, right? Like, you're, you go off half-cocked, you don't really know what you're doing, I can't mm-hmm. control you, and, you know, but then the district attorney always seems to have Richie's back. So anytime right. there's a problem, he'll just call the district attorney. And the district attorney was like, oh, that $2 million thing was so cool. And 
you right. know, Richie's boss is like, what do I did not approve that. That is not, you know, that's not cool. But so they, they end up getting a jet. So Irving goes and uh, goes to the, the hangar in the airstrip where that's supposed to, you know, land and they're supposed to do this piece. And he sees Edith and Richie are kind of making out in the rain uh, on the tarmac. And, you know, Irving is less than pleased. And um, so mm-hmm. he comes up to her and he's like, hey, um, you know, and she's like, don't don't talk to me. Don't talk to me about anything personal. Like, I right. don't care. I'm doing my part. Um, you're nothing to me until you're everything. Yeah. Yeah. She says you're nothing to me until you're everything, uh, which is a really kind of cool line, kind of telling. Yeah. Like I said, she's she's done with Irving until Irving's kind of kind of back on top. Right. She's still she's still riding Richie's coattails at the moment. So. Um, but yeah, so the jet's there, um, and the sheik walks out of the jet, but it's not Al. It's not Al from the Bronx. It's uh, an FBI it's guy who is also not from the Middle East, uh, doesn't speak Arabic, not going to be a particularly good sheik, I don't think so. Yeah. So, you know, Irving starts to really freak out. He's like this guy, he's, um, he's, he's definitely got a, um, I think he's got like a New York accent. Like he sounds nothing like he should. Um, right. he, he's got a couple of phrases. He's got like three phrases in Arabic. And he's like, this is going to be really, this is going to be a t- complete disaster. And Edith and Richie are like, no, it'll be fine. It's going to be fine. And so right. they have like this knife and it's, to- it's not a toy, but it's not anything special. And the Sheik is supposed to give it to Carmine Polito as like a sign of respect. And right. you see this really cool scene where Irving explains to this guy, um, fake chic um that he needs to believe in this knife he needs to believe that it's something important because if we if we believe it and we do this from the feet up you know Mm -hmm. everybody will believe it if we believe it others will believe us so you've got when you say this is you know when you when you present this you have to do it as if you're giving something really special and it's kind of interesting because that's how con men and women you know, work is because people really do believe them and because they're so believable. Right. Um, yeah. So got the new sheik. He's trying to, trying to work it out, but they need, they're going to go to the dinner, right. And meet up with Carmine, introduce him to the sheik. And so we find out that kind of everyone's going right. So uh, Carmine calls over to Irving's house, Rosalind answers and uh, finds out that there's a dinner, you know, Carmine, of course, you know, had a really great time going out to dinner with uh, his wife and Irving and Rosalind. So he's, you know, make sure Rosalind comes. And Irving's like, I don't think that's a great idea. <laughs> and right. you know, Carmine Polito says, you know, kind of quietly, right? Because he knows that <laughs> the Rosalind's probably listening in on the other line, which he was. Right. He's like, oh, do you have, oh, sorry, did, what, did you have like a girlfriend come in or something? And I as a matter of fact, he, he actually does, right? So yeah, yeah. And it's, it's neat because they all arrive at this at this hotel and it's again you see more of Carmen Polito's character where he's like we are going to rebuild so this hotel you know we've got these all these brand new murals um and they're not they're not actually new they've just been restored and look how beautiful this is and we're, we're sparing no mm-hmm. expense we're going to bring Atlantic City back and right um but there's this really cool scene when everybody kind of arrives because Irving is there with Rosalind his wife mm-hmm. Carmen yep. Polito is there with his wife and then in through the smoke with um Goodbye Yellow Brick Road playing um, yeah yeah, the Elton John song. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of foggy, and you you can just kind of see people kind of moving through like this like right. smoky mist. Yeah, it looks and, really cool. 
really cool. And in walks Richie with Edith and Edith has amazing hair. You know, it's all curled and big and just Mm -hmm. gorgeous. And, you know, of course, Rosalind takes one look at her and is like, I know who you are. Like, yeah, apparently they knew of each other. Um, I mean, we know that Edith did, but we didn't know that Rosalind knew who she was. So Right. That's interesting. And she's like, I know who that is, Irving. I know who that is. And so Irving's like, all right, we got to keep this, keep this together just a little while longer to have this big, um, this big meet, right? Right. Carmine says, you know, we're going to go to back to dinner. And, you know, this other guy's there and we find out he's like the head, like mob boss of this area, basically. Right. And Irving's like, no, we should, we should, no, we can't do dinner with him tonight. That's, that's a bad idea. But Richie, Richie's all in. He's like, oh, we get, we get to meet him. That would be a huge fish to take down. We're definitely right. doing dinner. So yeah. Uh, yeah, Irving, Irving's trying to get back out of it, but, but Richie's, you know, he's all in. Yeah. He, all Richie sees is this is opportunities for us to like get even more people and take down the mob. Right. He's right. just seeing. Yeah. He's, all Irving sees is opportunities to get shot in the head, I think. Right, right. right. And they're like, you know, this guy, his name's Victor Telegio. And um, he's like, you know, Victor Telegio is famous for leaving bodies in the street rather than burying them because he thought that that left a better message. Like, this is not right, something yeah. we want to fuck over. You know, yeah, Irving yeah, is right. like, this is, this is a really bad idea, guys. And meanwhile, like, they're kind of whispering about it. And mm-hmm. of course, Rosalind, she's like, oh, are you scared of those guys over there? Are you scared of those guys? And she just walks right on over and mm-hmm. she just sits right at the bar. And she's like, those guys are scared of you. I'm not scared of you. And mm-hmm. yep. luckily, you know, she's Jennifer Lawrence. So she's beautiful. And the, the guys kind of fawn over and tell her she looks great and talk to her a little bit. Um, right. But, uh, but, <laughs> but you can tell Irving. And, you know, what's interesting, if you watch this scene, Carmen, uh, Polito's wife is also like what she's she, she's like what is going on with Rosalind like she knows that this is not something you mess with right right yeah yeah definitely definitely a loose cannon so so she's over hanging with these uh, mob guys over at the bar but everyone else is going to go back in to kind of this dinner meeting right so they get back there they sit down they're talking a little bit of business and we have the fake sheik there and when it comes time for him to talk his inability to speak Arabic is going to uh, prove pretty fatal here in this right. moment. Yeah, because little does anybody know, Victor Telegio learned Arabic because he apparently had uh, a couple of casinos in the UAE at one point. And so he kind of calls out Richie and says, you know, I just want to make sure you guys, this, this whole thing is real because we're very real and you know that we're real. Like mm-hmm. we'll, we'll right. kill everybody, you know, like, <laughs> and then he turns to the sheik playing dude and like talks to him in Arabic. And of course the sheik's looking like a deer in headlights, trying not to right. pee his pants because you know, the gig, the, the gig's up and um, a guy ends up kind of coming into their table and drunk and kind of bumps into it. And, and the moment's kind of lost. And then uh, right. the sheik ends yeah. up leaving, but you know, the Victor Telegio is like, something's not right. You know, yes, yeah, and, something, uh, something's the, going on. Yeah, in the meantime, you know, Rosalind is still uh, hanging with a, the other mafiosos, and Edith is like, "We need, I need to talk to you. You need to come with me." Um, and I mm-hmm. honestly, I don't really understand why she does that or why she decided to be the one to do that instead of Carmen Polito's wife. But I guess it's because right. we really needed to have the next scene, which is this 
really awful confrontation in the bathroom where, mm, right. you know, Rosalind calls Edith a bunch of names and says, you're a horrible person. And you're, you know, you're a whore. He's my husband. And, you know, Edith is like, look, he doesn't love you. He never really loved you. He always loved me. And I know that it's over, um, but it was beautiful. And you'll, you know, you use him, you use, you use your son, like, you're a horrible yeah, she, person. Yeah, <laughs> she she basically says something to the effect of that, you know, Irving's a con man, but you're conning Irvin, right? Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. So, so, yeah, so they have kind of this heated exchange. Rosalind ends up leaving, uh, kind of breaking down into tears. And I don't know, I couldn't really tell if it was because she just got called out on her behavior or if it was if she was just flustered from the... the the interaction with Edith? Yeah, I think I think it was a couple of things because I've watched this scene a couple of times because I, I really, I liked it. Um, I thought it was a really amazing exchange and it's very close shot, which is also tough for actors to deal with. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, when Edith is saying all these things, she, she, you know, Rosalind's only comeback is, yeah, he might, he might not love you or he might not love me, but he keeps coming back. He keeps coming back to, you know, and you rethink about how she's got this nail varnish that he can't live without. Right. Right. And she's like, he keeps coming back. And maybe that's why that, that he keeps coming back because even though I'm pretty, I've got some rotten in me and you do too. And, and maybe that's just, that's just it. And we're both, we're both gross. Right. Um, Yep. And I think it's interesting um, because she does break down and one of the one of the mafioso guys that has been talking to her kind of catches her out in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she's crying on his shoulder and she's just, you know, really distraught. And Edith's character is just like, oh, my God, this woman is crazy. You know, um, it's just it's just very they, they kind of walk out and they're in time to see uh, Carmine's kind of big speech about what he wants to do and mm-hmm. you know the what he wants to do for his family and for everybody's family and again you really see that Irving is getting more and more having a crisis of conscience right about this right yeah yeah Irving knows that you know the the plan to bust Carmine Polito is uh not going particularly well and that Carmine Polito is basically kind of an innocent bystander to all of this he knows now that he has had this run in with the mob. So his days might be numbered sort of no matter, no matter what he does, but yeah, he's looking very distraught. So in the next scene, you'll see Irving, he's going to the dry cleaner and he's going in. He has, they have this really cool safe door at the dry cleaner where all of the like furs are and things, but in there he has kind of a, a cigar box that's just full of cash and a gun. So you'll see him taking the cash and the gun and you know, it's, it's time for Irving to, to decide if it's if he's going to stay and see this out or if he's going to go right yeah and it it's interesting because he didn't want to leave at the beginning um but now that he's like man victor telegio is gonna you know cut me into pieces while i'm still breathing like this this could be really bad um right i think he knew that he could you know richie wasn't going to cause him any trouble right i think he knew that he could get one up on richie but he know he knows he can't get one up on victor right right that's 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 out of his league. Right. So, so after he gets gets the gun, you'll see him kind of getting that cash and gun. You'll see Richie um, and Edith, you know, back at uh, her apartment, I guess. Um, and they're trying to trying to work out 
how they're how they're going to go forward now. Right. So now the only way to way to do it, they have to they have to get a whole floor of the Plaza Hotel. Richie just wants all these. He wants two million dollars. <laughs> then he wants a jet, and now right. he wants to rent out the entire floor of the Plaza Hotel. Right. Which I can't even imagine how much that would be. So. Right. Right. And you know, so Richie's talking to his boss. Uh, his boss is like, "No, it's not going to happen." And he's like, "No, it is going to happen. This is what I want. You're going to give it to me." And he's like, "That's not how this works, dude." Like. And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to kick your ass. And he hangs up the phone and he's really mad. And Edith tries to calm him down and he is, uh, decides now is the time for them to actually have sex. And yeah. he's like, let's do this. And she's like, no, no, no. Remember we said that we were going to wait until it was real. And he's like, I love you. I'm in love with you. You know, I'm in love with you so we can do this now. And, and for whatever reason, She's like, okay, you want to know real? And she starts talking to him uh, in her mm. regular voice because this whole time she has been acting like Edith Greensley, uh, not Cindy Pauser. So she says, you know, Sydney Pauser. So she mm-hmm. says, you know, I'm, that's not, that's not me. This is me. Yeah. And he's like, you're freaking me out. What does this mean? Oh my God. Yeah. I'm and not, I'm like, not really from London. I'm really from Albuquerque. <laughs> Right. And he's like, what? Okay, well, can we still do it? And she's like, wait, wait. Oh, my God. Like, you didn't mean any of the things that you just said to me. Right. Yeah. Um, and so he just really, he just really want, wants to have sex with her. And so it's kind of a triggering scene. It can be triggering because he does, I think, sort. I would say that he attempts to assault her. And she's finally like, get off of me. I think she hits him. <laughs> with a telephone um and then he gets really mad um but luckily she's not alone because irving shows up at her apartment yeah irving irving shows up with the with the gun kind of you know chases richie out of there and uh they're having a conversation then right sydney and irving and irving's like listen we gotta go it's (laughs) you know the the ship has sailed we gotta go and she's you know sydney's uh, if we leave, if we don't do these cons for Richie, they're going to throw us in jail. They're going to throw me in jail. They're going to throw you in jail. I don't want to go to jail. And Irving says very poignantly, what Richie got us into is way worse than jail. Right. right. He knows, he knows that jail would be, would be, you know, favorable to, to what the mob's going to do right now that this, right. now that this thing is blown up. So, right. And they have this moment where he's like, I'm sorry, you know, I, I should have gone. I should have gone when you said, and I wish I could get you back. And she's like, you know what? We don't have time to think about that right now. We need to mm-hmm. figure out how to get over on all of these people. And I know we can do it, but that's where I need you to focus, which is really sweet because it's not that she's saying she doesn't love him. She's just like, first things first, dude, let's save our lives. And then we'll talk about how much you love me, you know? Right. And um, they, they kind of hold hands and they really get back to their roots and do something do things quote unquote from the feet up, try and try yeah. and get over on everybody. Right. So meanwhile, Richie goes back into the office to confront his boss. He needs to get the whole floor of the Plaza hotel. So I guess he decides to go about it. He goes in and beats up his boss, which is what he told him on the phone. He said, I'm going to come beat you up if you don't give me uh, the floor of this hotel. So he does actually go and uh, do that. And then after they're sitting in the DA's office and the DA tells him, yeah, you can have the floor. So I don't know why he needed to bother beating up his, his boss, I guess, but, uh, yeah, but so yes. nothing happens to Richie for beating up his boss. I mean, Holy moly. Was this the seventies? 
Brian. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how somebody can get away with that. I really I, don't. I really don't. I, but yeah, I, I guess. I don't know for sure. But yeah, so they get the they get the floor of the hotel. Um, and then you'll see it's very similar to the kind of the the way you see the hotel at the beginning, right? You see like the reel to reel recorders and like the little closet and stuff, and they're kind of walking through the hallways. They're in this big beautiful room sitting there with uh, you know, Carmine is there and they're talking to these different senators and whatnot that are coming in and out of the room. Um, and it's basically just kind of repeating the same thing over and over again. And they're making yeah. these busts on these uh, congressmen. Well, they haven't busted them yet, but they've like lined up all these bribes, right? So right. They're paying yep. 50,000 yep. for one guy to give a license. They're paying a hundred thousand to someone to get the chic, a, a passport or give him some citizenship papers. They're, you know, yep. they're doing all this stuff and they've got it all on video now. And so Irving's feeling a little, you know, he's feeling a little bit uh, on edge, but, you know, it looks like it's going okay so far, this part of the plan. Um, but there's only one thing that could really mess this whole thing up. And that's his uh, batshit crazy wife, Rosalind, right? Yeah. And she's doing her best to mess it up because while these uh, kind of, you know, busts and making these uh, recordings are going on, she's out with uh, one of the mafia guys that she was with at the, at the bar. Yeah. Um, you know, they're driving around, uh, live and let dies blasting on the radio, which is pretty cool. Cause that's a really good song. Um, and you know, meanwhile, like you know, she gets home and, uh, Irving's there and he's going through a little flashback because after he's leaving, you know, the meeting, he's getting picked up by the mob. They're put like a bag on his head and, you know, he's screaming at her. He's like, I almost got killed because of you. And he knows that it was her because she'd left her nail polish bottle on the dashboard of the mafia guy's car. Right. And so they're having lunch, the ma mafia dude and her, and she's talking about her husband and how, what a piece of crap he is and how he's crazy. And he just doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he, she doesn't think it's going to work anymore. Mm -hmm. um, which was, which, which was what he was trying to say for probably years. But now that she's got somebody else, she's like, yeah, this isn't working. And she mentions that Richie is like from the IRS or the government or something because of something she overheard on a phone call. And, mm -hmm. you know, this totally perks up the ears of the mob guy because he's like, what? You know, and so, of course, as you know, he leaves her immediately. He says, you go, right. you, have, you finish your lunch. I'm going to go. And she realizes that she screwed something up a little bit because she's like, don't hurt him too bad because he's still my, you know, my son's father. Um, right. But, you know, they leave immediately. They pick up uh, Irving and they do threaten to kill him. And as the life is flash flashing before his eyes, he comes up with a really great final plan to mm -hmm. uh, to kind of get them out of this. And you don't really know what it is, but he says, I got 2 million coming um, out of the 10. I got 2 million coming. We've got a $10 million kitty with the chic. 2 million will be here. It'll be here in like two days. Just give me, give me that much, much time. I promise this isn't a scam and right. they let him live. <laughs> but then he goes home and he's screaming at Rosalind. Yeah. And she just tells him, you know, calm down, take your heart pill. And then she says, see, this motivated you to come up with a plan. This is this is the power of intention, Irving, the power of intention. She's so antagonizing to him. The right. whole time. She's like the power of intention, Irving. So you're welcome. And yeah, I swear this is my favorite line, I think, of this whole movie. And I love this movie. He like 
Irving is like taking a deep breath. He's got these big seventies kind of aviator, you know, glasses on that are tinted in that yellow. And he mm-hmm. just kind of pick, pick holds them. And he's like to, to his face. And he says, Oh, thanks Roslyn. Thank you for the plan. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. I'm going to leave the room yeah. now. And he just leaves. Cause he's so completely like uh, unbelieving of how, dangerously stupid she is you know right. like and you know she did not realize that literally he was almost you know a, a, a stain on the carpet of the car you know yeah bad. So, so so basically irving is this bad con man guy but everyone is trying to get him killed by these even worse people right right, right. the whole film right right so so they need they need to to finalize the deal right they need to Irving has this plan. They need they need to get it done. So so they still they still need this two million dollars, right? So they never got the two million dollars. So finally the FBI agrees to give Richie the two million dollars. Um they're meeting with the kind of the head mob attorney guy and saying, and not so many words, here's the money. Can you guarantee, you know, these people get, you know, X amount of stake and get these papers and get this uh kind of portion share and the the mob attorney, in not so many words, says, "Yeah, that's that's what we're that's what we're saying. That's what we'll what we'll do for you." So they got him on tape. You know, Richie's excited. They, uh, you know, he he made his big bust. He thinks, anyways. So right, right. He's like over the moon. Of course, his boss is sitting in a corner, really pissed off. Uh, you know, nursing all of his wounds because he had gotten the shit kicked out of him by Richie. And yep. Richie is like, I can't believe this. And they play the tape again where it's like, if you want us to intimidate, we'll intimidate. If you want us to bribe, we'll bribe. No big deal. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the meantime, you know, Irving is uh, in the car. He's, he's driving um, with Sydney and she's looking at him. They've parked outside of Carmine Polito's house. And right. Irving's like, I got to go in there by myself. And so he, he goes in and talks to Carmine Polito and he's like, look, I'm not who you think. And I have conned you. He really, he just kind of tries to lay his whole, you know, all his cards on the table and confesses um, that Carmine's probably going to get arrested. Um, right. And he's, yep. he's not going to do super hard time because they're, they're, you know, Irving's trying to cut a deal somehow, but, but he's probably going to get arrested. And, right. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Mayor Polito, you know, he feels very betrayed, right? His wife's there. Um, you know, she's obviously upset uh, by, you know, this that's going on. Like I said, you throughout the whole movie, you really got the the glimpse into Carmine Polito that he wasn't doing the stuff to be bad. He wasn't doing, you know, bad things. He wasn't being intentional with the bad things. He just got kind of caught up, right, between this uh, wanton FBI agent and, uh, you know, sort of his ambitions, I guess. So, yeah. And I mean, it was so it's really heartbreaking because he looks at Irving and he's like, I was gone. Like I had walked away. You came and got me. How dare you? Right. Mm-hmm. And the wife ends up coming down the stairs and all the kids are upstairs and she starts freaking out and they throw him out and he ends up, you know, having kind of a collapsing on the sidewalk outside his house. And luckily Sydney is there and she picks him up and gets him in the car and gives him some more heart pills. And, um, you know, they're kind of sitting together and calming down a little bit, but it's a really hard, 
um, it's a hard scene because you just, you feel bad for Irving and you feel real bad for Carmine, for Carmine, because you don't know what exactly is going to happen to him. Right. Yeah. Um, He was, he was totally blindsided by everything. Yeah. Basically. Right. Thought Irving was looking out for him, but that's not the case, but yeah. Yeah. So he gets back to the FBI office and uh, the FBI finally, uh, like we said, caved and gave $2 million to, to them to carry out this deal. But now the $2 million is missing. And, you know, Richie, Richie's there and he's saying, well, what'd you guys do with the $2 million? And Richie's like, well, that doesn't make any sense why we would take $2 million. It does make sense that you would come in here demanding $2 million, put it in an unmarked account, and then all of a sudden no one can find it. Right. Yeah. Irving is like, oh, that's really interesting. And, you know, Richie's like, you you know where it is. Where is it? And Irving's like, well, I, I don't know, because you're the one who got on the phone and gave him the account number. You're mm-hmm. the one who set all this up. We didn't set any of that up. Right. And then there's a flashback of, you know, Richie trying to go and do a bust on that mob attorney. And it ends up not being the right office. He walks into a divorce attorney's office and he's like, I've been in this office for 27 years. I don't know who you are. What's going on? And so. Right. Yeah. You know, he's like, I do. I do divorces. Or <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah. I don't know him. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who I don't know who that guy is. I don't yeah, know. So. So the guy who is the, the mob boss, the alleged mob boss, uh, was apparently the one that was throwing the party from the very, very beginning of the film where Irving and uh, Sydney meet. Yes. Yeah, so they, they grab him and say, hey, can you do us a solid? And they, now, they I, I guess they find the, I don't know how they get that room. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either how they got it all set up. Now, I've, um, I want to go back and watch because this was the first time I'd ever watched it. You've watched it a couple of times. Maybe you know. Um, if you see that gentleman at the party you at do. the beginning yeah. of the film. Okay. You, you do. Yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't do. sure. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to go back in and rewatch to see if they, if they set it up where you'd actually had seen him. But yeah, so he was, yeah. he was throwing the party. So he wasn't even really the mob boss. So uh, they finally got kind of this long con over on Richie and kind of pegged him for this missing $2 million. That's right. And so in this, in this scene, you know, Richie's world kind of crumbles, you know, right in front of him. And Richie's boss is finally vindicated. And he's like, look, we'll call you for a witness. But if you if you need to be a witness, but you're done, you know, go home. And Richie's like, I I really I thought I was going to thought I was going to bring in all these guys. I was going to do this stuff. And Mm -hmm. and they're like, nah, nah. But the deal was, hey, if you want your two million dollars back, you can do that. But you got to grant immunity to both Irving and Sydney. And Mm -hmm. you've got to do a reduced sentence for Carmine. Right. Yeah. I don't and quite so, understand why they don't uh, grant Carmine immunity. Couldn't um, give him immunity. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. That, that's For one sure. choice I, I I would have loved to have seen um, because even then, if it's just the friendship that that died, at least Carmine wouldn't have been materially hurt um, in this whole thing because it really it, it is tough. You don't want to see that happen. Um, so you know everything kind of falls apart except they did do. Um, about five different busts, one of which being Carmine Polito. And there's mm-hmm. like four others that, you know, they videotaped accepting bribes um, right. with, with this money. But the $2 million gets uh, put back and um, everybody, you know, uh, well, maybe not everybody, Irving and Sydney, Sydney. end up, yeah, you know, get to, get to go on their, on their own way. Right. So, yep. uh, so you kind of, you know, the film kind of ends with, you know, they're uh, 
pull in, you know, Carmine Polito out and you have this voiceover of Irving saying, you know, we got him a reduced sentence. And then you'll see his adopted son at school and Rosalind is there kind of picking him up and, you know, Irving in a neck brace because she's gotten into yet another accident. Yeah. But yeah, she's there picking him up and uh, Irving has a chance to kind of talk to her and you get kind of the, the impression that they, she, well, she had finally agreed to, to grant him a divorce and let him, you know, move on and figure it out. You know, she wasn't going to, wasn't going to take the kid and run away. They were going to finally be able to, well, I guess be as amicable as uh, Rosalind and Irving probably were ever going to be at least, I guess. So. Yeah. She's got this new life with the, with the mob guy and she, I love it. She just, she gives him the nail varnish as like a gift. She's like, I'm done with the nail varnish, Irving, you can have it. And of course he's like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? So he throws it away. Um, But, you know, Irving and Sydney end up living together. And um, Sydney, you see a great scene where she's talking to, um, you know, the, the, the kiddo. Um, walk, and they're walking him back uh, home from school. And, uh, and that's pretty much how it ends with this really um, booming, you know, Duke Ellington at the end. Yeah, it was the jazz that uh, Irving and Sydney had first bonded over, right? And so yeah. that's kind of how, how the on the film ends so yeah yeah so that's that's american hustle it's pretty busy i think kind of kind of overall so uh hopefully kind of kind of stuck with us there as as we went through it is a lot of a lot of moving pieces in these uh con films to get through but uh michaela you you've seen this movie like you'd said uh, a couple of times what are what are your impressions of it we, we know that you like it so yeah i do i think it's one of those when we look back on some films um we're like which there, there are films that didn't win an oscar and mm-hmm. we wonder why uh it didn't yeah. win an oscar and this is one for me that I, i've definitely seen it more than i've seen any of the other NOS, oscar nominated films from 2013 um sure. i believe i think it was 12 years a slave that won and i only yeah. saw that one time um yeah i mean it's that- it's different subject matter right but this, this, I really, every time I watch it, I see something else that is, to me, just genius about it. Again, mm-hmm. the style is fantastic. You really, I, I don't know how some of the shots that they did, I don't know how they did it. The hair and makeup is just amazing. The acting's incredible. I mean, I, I just love it. And it's one of those films that if it's on and I am able to watch it wherever it mm. is. If it's at the very beginning or the middle, I will stop yep. and watch it. Cause I just think it's so great. Christian Bale is impeccable. I mean, the entire cast is just fantastic. It's, it's so good. And so I, and I think it holds up pretty well. Um, I yep. mean, it's, it's not super old cause it was done in 2013. Um, but it, it really does tell a, tell a fun story and it's, it's based in, in some, you know, has some historical context, which I think is cool. Right. Well, yeah. And I mean, it was, it was set in 1978, I believe. So it's, it's never going to be any more dated than it was when it came out. Right. So it has kind of, kind of that going for it, but yeah, I thought that this one was pretty good. So this was the first time that I'd watched it. So I, I knew kind of the gist of the story and, and how it was going to play out. Um, I liked it pretty good. I have to say, I liked the first half of the film much better than the second half of the film. I liked kind of going through that elongated uh, flashback, which which is basically the first half of the movie. And I thought that that was really creative and how 
how it was presented. I think that the second half of the film was a little more flat for me, but it's propped up on the acting. The acting is just so spectacular. So if you look at the, at the four kind of main actors, between the four of them, they have 18 Oscar nominations for yep. best, act, best actor, actress, and best supporting actor, actress. If you add Jeremy Renner in there, who plays Mayor Carmine Polito, that's another two. So that's 20. Um, now of the 20, they only have two wins. Christian Bale has a win and uh, Jennifer Lawrence has a win. But I mean, still, you know, 18 Oscar nominations you know, for your leading cast. That's that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of firepower. And, and they do an excellent job. Uh, Christian yeah. Bale is amazing. Amy Adams is incredible. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is really good. You don't she actually doesn't get a lot of screen time in the film. Yeah, but she makes the best of it, man. She, yeah, she, and the times that she's on, yeah, she definitely is stealing the scenes with her, with her accent and her crazy hair. The film is full <laughs> of crazy hair, hair Lots curlers, hair. and ten tons of Aquanet, and you know Jeremy right. Renner's crazy haircut and, and wigs and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, yeah, definitely a definitely a fun movie. And like you said, it's it's something you could watch a bunch of times, and you would probably notice other like small details and little mm-hmm. foreshadows and things as you watch it, you know, again and again. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, th- I think it's worth anybody, you know, if you're going to want watch a modern made kind of con film, I think mm-hmm. this is, this is right up there. It's, it's got, it's got a lot of things in it. Right. So it's got this kind of oceans 11 is kind of heist, feel to it it's a love right. story it's got some mob you know it's very vegas mobby it, 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 it's got that feel in it as well you know it's it's just got a lot a lot of really cool aspects in it so i, I definitely think if you've if you've not seen it <laughs> we've been, you know we've walked you through the whole thing but if you um if you haven't you know seen it you should you should check it out because it's it's one of my favorites probably from the last 10 years yeah absolutely so definitely let us know if you have watched American Hustle let us know how you liked it what you think about it um, what you think about the uh, over 10 on the Oscars if you think that that was uh, just or if it was uh, robbed of a few of those uh, let us know and if you're going to be drinking Pim's cups all summer like we are definitely take pictures of them because we want to see how you jazz them up you know with your cucumbers and strawberries and uh, orange wheels and all sorts of stuff so take pictures of those and send them in to us you can do that on our social media, which is at drink the movies on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com slash drink the movies. If you want to see pictures of the Pim's cup we made um, our recipe, kind of a recap of the episode, uh, you can do that on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. Michaela, why don't you tell people where they can check out the podcast? You can find us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere anchor podcasts are distributed. We'd appreciate if you subscribe, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star review because it really helps us get the Drink the Movies out there. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, my Pimm's Cup is gone, and I'm ready to run another heist. So I think we better go grab another bottle of Pimm's, get $2 million in the bank, and make up a couple more. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. From the feed up, baby. From the feed up. All right, we're going to go do that, and we will talk to everyone next time on Drink Drink the the Movies. Nailed it. Did we? I think. Oh, it only took 17 tries. <laughs>